Welcome to InsureTalk, the podcast where we don't just talk about innovative ideas in PNC insurance. We talk with industry trailblazers about the big ideas they made happen and how they did it. This podcast is brought to you by Guidewire, the platform PNC insurers trust to engage, innovate, and grow efficiently. Visit guidewire.com for more information. And now, let's make it happen. Welcome to InsureTalk. My name is Laura Drabeck, and I am the Chief Evangelist at Guidewire. In this episode, I have the privilege of interviewing David Tobias, co-founder of BetterView. I have had the pleasure of working with David in our industry for several years now, and I specifically chose him for today's podcast on geospatial analytics because of his in-depth knowledge on today's subject matter. Full disclosure, Guidewire is an investor in BetterView. I also recently discovered that David is my neighbor. Neither had any bearing on me selecting him and BetterView for today's show. So with that, hello, David. Thank you for joining my podcast. Yeah, thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great. So geospatial data is data about objects, events or phenomena that have a location on the surface of the Earth. Geospatial analytic providers like BetterView gather geospatial data and imageries from sources like satellite and manned aerial. You analyze, manipulate, and display the data collected in a consumable fashion useful for insurers. David, how did you come up with the idea to start a company that employed geospatial analytics for insurance companies? I grew up in the insurance inspection business of all things. And in that business, we saw insurance carriers coming to us for more and better roof data. So roof claims were starting to become a really big problem for them. You know, hail claims, wind claims, counting for about 40% of all property loss dollars paid out going to these roof-related claims. So on the underwriting inspection side, they were asking us for more and better roof data. And BetterView originally started as a drone company to, you know, utilize drones to to go capture this imagery um, and this data for the insurers. We pivoted into using manned aerial and satellite imagery to do that because it was more, more scalable. But, you know, that was the real initial impetus to, to starting BetterView was really just solving this, this customer pain point around roof data. So that makes a lot of sense. And I also appreciate that you grew up in the insurance industry. Your father founded the insurance inspection company almost 50 years ago, and then you took over the business, grew it and sold it. How has your insurance experience helped evolve BetterView's value proposition? You know, it's, it's interesting. I think coming from the industry and really starting with the problem first, rather than the technology or the solution has kind of guided us along the way. And I think that's part of the reason we're still here is, you know, starting from that that side of it makes it a little bit different. I mean, I think in any company or startup, it's a bit difficult to create a solution, whether that be, you know, software or hardware or whatever it might be, you know, if you haven't lived and breathed that problem yourself. Uh, and so, you know, I, I was lucky enough, you know, to, to, to have that opportunity to kind of see the problem from the inside and, and see how it was impacting insurers. And, you know, I, I do think it's important, especially in this industry, you know, we're, we're in a regulated industry that has a lot of rules that need to be abided by and fundamental ways that things have been done for a long time. Not not to say all those things are correct in the way that they happen today, but I think you really need to understand those if you want to present a solution that's scalable to the industry. So I, I think it's helped us quite a bit. Obviously, I'm biased because I, you know, I, I do have that background, but I do see other insurtechs struggle at times, even if their technology is great. If they don't really truly understand the problem, it, it becomes hard for them to sell it into an industry they don't really know. 
And I think we've been really lucky from that standpoint. I think it's helped us quite a bit along the way, creating a better product, but also being empathetic with our customers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially when you talked about regulation. It is really important to understand that there are rules and legislation in place that insurtechs need to work with or around. So the global revenue for geospatial analytics will reach $166 billion by the end of 2028. What are your thoughts on that number? Too aggressive or not aggressive enough? I mean, it's really been amazing to see, even in like kind of the short lifespan of better view in comparison, you know, how much geospatial data is out there and increasing and then the rate at which it's increasing. So I think when we started, we had one manned aerial provider as an example. Now we have eight. And that's just amazing to see how this is happening, right? There's more satellites going up. You know, you can think SpaceX for some of this and in and, and others. There's more manned aerial happening. There's interesting things happening on the drone side to capture more imagery. Um, there's companies flying high altitude balloons capturing imagery now. And for us, this is all great, right? The more imagery we can get, the more geospatial data we can get. And it's not just imagery, you know, it's property data, it's flood data, so on and so on. You know, it helps us and in turn our customers with a better product, a better experience. But this geospatial data is touching every bit of our lives, even as, you know, consumers these days. Think about self-driving cars, delivery, urban planning, and then of course insurance, right? Those, those are just a few. That 165 billion number, I think, it's probably accurate or small, you know, obviously we'll leave it up to the, the economists and the, and the folks to kind of figure, figure that out. But I think you're just going to see more and more geospatial and not only more of it, but more recency on it. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Just having like an image, for example, that's great. But having an image that was taken a month ago or a few days ago is even better, right? And for all those things, not just insurance, but self-driving and delivery planning, you know, and so I think you're going to see more geospatial data as a whole and you're going to see more recency on it. And I think those two things are really going to help the insurance industry. Before we continue, listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe to InsureTalk on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this is Laura Drabik, and let's get back to our conversation. I'm talking with David Tobias, co-founder of Better View. David, on the underwriting side of the business, a clear benefit of geospatial analytics is providing insurers with insight into their risk prior to issuing or renewing the business. Without sending someone on site, the carrier can see whether the roof needs replacing or what the proximity of structures are to brush, etc. What other benefits does geospatial analytics provide the carrier? So we talk a lot about roof and you've heard me talk about it here, but there's so many other pieces to the data that can kind of be unlocked. We use building permits, for example. We have distance to brush exposure, whether there's a pool on the property or not. You know, all these things that are relevant to the rating of the property, you know, the pricing of it, but also the risk factors that are there. So it's really not just about the top-down view. It's about, you know, everything that's on that property. Is there debris in the yard? Debris in the yard is a leaning indicator for many carriers to potential loss in the future, to the maintenance of the property and also liability hazard. I was talking 
talking earlier about the frequency of imagery. In many parts of the United States, we have images getting captured three to four times a year. So we know that progressive timeline of a building. So one example and where we have carriers using this today is looking for premium leakage. So there wasn't a pool and now there is a pool and that wasn't maybe reported. You maybe then should have forgot you know, to report that to the carrier. Well, the risk factors have changed, the pricing has changed, and now the insurer can have a productive conversation with the insured. Or the property was 3,000 square feet and now it's 5,000 square feet and the premium should be adjusted to support that. So, you know, I think there's just so many different elements, you know, around this data and it goes beyond roofs. It's the property as a whole and we're seeing a lot of interesting ways that this data can be used for things that you might not think, not just property, liability and work comp and other use cases as well. So really, really interesting when you think more holistically around geospatial in general. What about the benefits to the policyholder? I mean, one I can think about is that insurance companies could provide consumers with perhaps a list of repairs or replacement items required to help reduce the chance of loss. What are you hearing from carriers as what is the benefit for their policyholders? The industry as a whole has really lived in this world of repair and replace, right? We're here to pay claims when they happen. We're going to repair it. We're going to replace it. We're going to make you whole again. I think that we're seeing this trend in the industry of trying to get more from repair and replace to predict and prevent. And I think that shift is really beneficial to the insureds because, you know, we see a lot of these carriers today really trying to make the insured a partner in risk management versus kind of this reactive repair and replace format. And customer expectations have changed, right? We're used to instant gratification. I can go on Amazon, I can get my groceries delivered in a few hours, right? And insurance is lacking there. And you see some of the the newer insure tech insurers purchasing home maintenance companies to help support their insureds. And so we think this this trend of predict and prevent is going to continue and it's going to deepen the relationships with the insureds, you know, which ultimately makes for a better customer experience. And I think that's really good for everybody, right? You don't want to deal with, you know, having your roof damaged and having water leakage and replacing your valuables, but something like your roof in many cases it's out of sight, out of mind. And if the insurer can come in and say, there's a problem with your property and we can help you fix it and show you at least what's wrong with it. And maybe here's some places you can go to fix it. You know, I think that's going to be a value to the insureds. It's going to help, you know, differentiate the insurers that really are more proactive than reactive. So geospatial analytics can help empower adjusters to desktop adjudicate catastrophe claims. As a former adjuster who worked catastrophe claims, why don't you tell us a little bit about how your technology supported the Kilauea volcano eruption and how you helped to improve the safety of the adjuster? Yeah, you know, we see people using our geospatial data like this on kind of two sides. One's in the cat response side and then the other's individual claims. And, you know, individual property claim comes in, they'll use a platform like ours to look at the historical imagery on that property, see if there was prior damage, see what the permit history is, you know, before they even get boots on the ground, right? And then on the cat side, like that volcano example is a great one because this whole area was cordoned off. You know, you couldn't get people in for, for a long time into these areas. So we had an insurer call us and say, hey, you know, do you have any imagery? We just want to be able to tell our insureds who own these homes, you know, is it a total loss, partial loss, no loss? Because they want to know, you know, they had to leave in a, in a heartbeat and they have no idea. And so we were able to use the satellite imagery because the satellite, you know, is going to have more refresh. Like we can get satellite pretty much anywhere in the world, um, usually in a f- you know, few days old at the most. And so we were able to tell them which homes were, were 
were gone, which ones were partial losses, and which ones hadn't been touched yet. And that was really valuable for them. It was valuable for their insureds as well. And it helped situate the cat teams to where they needed to be once they did have access to go in. You know, if it was a total loss, they didn't necessarily even have to send in an adjuster. So, you know, this kind of triage element can really help on the cat side and, and pr again, provide a better customer experience because you can get that customer information sooner than they would have gotten it otherwise. So, David, can you tell us why you got out of the drone business? What it comes down to for us is we've always been really customer centric. And you heard me speaking about starting with the problem, not starting with the solution. And the drone was a solution. We, we really created a lot of value there. We had 30, 40, 50 customers on that platform. The thing that we kept hearing, though, was, you know, these drone reports gave us the level of detail the carrier wanted. It solved their problem, but it was too expensive and too slow. And so we really just listened to the customer and were able to kind of say, okay, we know what the problem is. What are other ways we can solve this problem for our customers? And, and you know, we said, can we do this with manned aerial and satellite? We were able to use a lot of the, the computer vision technology that we had created. But, you know, it was a, at the time a somewhat painful decision. We had built a lot of technology around drones. We had solved the problem, but it wasn't scalable. And so for us, it wasn't that hard of a decision if you listen to the customer. You know, we've seen a lot of technology startups kind of go down with the ship because they were wedded to the solution. And we're not married to the solution, we're married to the problem. And I, I think that's an important distinction. That is an excellent example of starting with the business problem and constantly going back and strategically probing and making sure that you are resolving that business problem in a cost-efficient and accurate manner. Thank you for sharing. So how has geospatial analytics helped carriers in the wake of COVID-19? What COVID did is it made it a necessity, something that was maybe on a six-month or 12-month timeline to, to implement now became a two-week or three-week timeline. And, you know, I think we saw carriers move very, very quickly because they had to. You know, boots on the ground inspections were postponed, canceled, you know, totally stopped for most of these carriers across the United States. The challenge that, that the carriers we work with face, though, is they still had policies coming up for renewal. They still had new business coming in that they needed to quote and bind, and they still needed data. And so their traditional workflow of maybe sending you know, their, their own risk engineers out and things like that could no longer be done. So we had carriers who came to us and said, we need to put 300, 400 people in your platform, and we need to do it in a week or two weeks. And you know, it became critical that we really helped people get information information about property that they couldn't otherwise get. So this type of technology has helped fill a gap in lieu of the traditional ways with COVID happening. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe to InsureTalk on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back to our conversation with David Tobias, co-founder of BetterView. Aerial and satellite imagery is predicted to improve dramatically in quality and quantity over the next few years. Taking that into account, tell us what underwriting and pricing will look like five years from now. As we think about this dramatic increase in the quality and quantity and the recency of, of this imagery, it, it's really allowing for this type of data to be moved sooner in the process. So what I mean by that is something that maybe today or in the past was only happening on renewals because there was more time to kind of deal with it now can happen earlier in the process. So we were talking earlier about you know really being a partner 
concern loss control and risk mitigation with the insured, issuing recommendations, cut back the tree overhang over your house, for example. If you can get access to that data earlier in the process, even during the quote, it can change pricing, but it also can change the experience with the insured. Traditionally, that kind of information or recommendations would only happen post-bind after an inspector had gone out to the field. What this influx of imagery and recency of that imagery is allowing for you to do, and then of course the, the computer vision, the, the machine learning to turn that into something actionable, is to use that data much earlier in the process, right? Even all the way up to the quote. So imagine issuing a quote to somebody and saying, yeah, here's your price, but before we bind this policy completely, you have to cut the brush back from your house. You're in a high wildfire zone. We can see from this image that you know, you've got dry brush surrounding your property within you know, 10 feet. Cut that back and this will be your price. And you have 30 days, 60 days to do that. And doing that earlier, ultimately, I think will lead to, to more accurate pricing and kind of set the stage for being that true partner in risk control very, very early. So I think over the, the next few years, I see this type of information really being brought forward in the process and not kind of being used as the secondary piece. I really like your point, two points. One, about transparency into the process. It's usually a black box that consumers really don't understand. And then secondly, starting to establish that trusted partnership between the carrier and the consumer. What critical piece of advice would you share with carriers exploring the usage of geospatial analytics? What do they need to consider and prepare for before implementing? The carriers we've seen be most successful, they have many, many processes in place, right? That might be set in stone over the course of 50 years or, or longer. And so, you know, the, the people we've seen be most successful are the ones that take that process or those processes and they take this geospatial and they inserted into the processes that already exist as a step one. Trying to do a wholesale shift of an entire process, like on day one, is, is very difficult for any organization to do. So my recommendation, and, and based on what we've seen sort of work, is to take these processes that are already in place. Maybe start with your renewals, as an example. Start in one spot, make it successful there, and then go through the rest of it. I think we see a lot of move towards automation and straight through processing, but we also see see a lot of carriers using data like this to, to, to really make their humans superhuman. At BetterView, we're trying to help people find needles in the haystack, and we're trying to shrink the haystack so that the, the stuff that the humans really need to get involved with and use their highly skilled you know, brains for is a smaller stack, right? A smaller haystack. So my advice is to start with a couple of processes that exist today, insert this into those processes, make them much better before you move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And, and you know, I think it shows incremental wins too, which, which is helpful for the organization. So, you know, that's what we've seen work so far. Yeah, taking a focused approach, that makes a lot of sense. So David, thank you very much for your time today and for your incredible insight into geospatial analytics. You've showed us it's not just about ideas, it's about making ideas happen. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Guidewire, the platform PNC insurers trust to engage, innovate, and grow efficiently. Visit guidewire.com for more information.